Cool, cool. Hello. Welcome to episode number 50 of the uh, Red River podcast. What up? Yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is a big celebration. <laughs> <laughs> the confetti's coming down later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How did we end up here at my place? <laughs> um, well, we we took, you know, January pretty much off. Yeah. And, so, uh, so did if I rule the world, which is funny. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Subconsciously, yeah. we're like linked. Yeah. yeah. So you know, a little break or whatever, and then trying to put together the guest was a is an ongoing uh, situation. And <laughs> he's a very busy guest, v- busy man. Yeah. But we we're gonna get him in next week. We got a couple of things booked next week, but we just basically just wanted to uh, get a show and keep. Sharpen the swords. We wanted uh, him <laughs> to give him time to get over the coronavirus. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. So exactly it. Like I figured, let's just sit here and go through a couple of things because it's been a while. Uh, Parker had a kid, so he is breastfeeding somewhere right now. Yeah. Sarah had the kid. Oh. You know. Okay. Sarah had the kid. Parker's, Parker's breastfeeding. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. I wonder how that's going. Yeah. So. He's busy, obviously, but he'll be jumping in here and there. But yeah, we just wanted to. Uh, we need his sound bites. We need him to do like pre-recorded drops. Like, yeah, like five like Parkerisms. Yeah, great nudity. <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, fans been clamoring for yeah. another episode, and we don't want to disappoint. Yeah, we don't. Everybody's wanna... my my fucking DMs blowing up. <laughs> We don't want to disappoint Davy Bright. Slow down. That's it. <laughs> that's it, right? I don't really know anyone. No one else is bothering me. No one's bothering. You know, the Instagram's a, a ghost town. We got to keep it fresh, though. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here we are in February, a very mild February. What, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we've been doing a couple of things in the group, uh, talking about uh, films of the 1990s. We were just getting into something with uh, debut albums. Um, we had a brief discussion on that all because of, uh, Black Sabbath. Today is the 50th anniversary of Black Sabbath's debut. Yes. And, uh, we were talking about best debuts and, you know, some other stuff we've been watching. Was that basically the birth of heavy metal? I mean, uh, I think as we know it, 
with like a dark element. Like you could look to, I think, Cream, yes. musically or Blue Cheer for some or Iron Butterfly for tech for like a heavier sound. Yeah. But as far as the dark satanic element mixed in with that, yeah, it, the imagery was basically on point. the whole package. The fingers being cut off. I'm just going yeah. on what Ron Grimaldi says, and if he says it's the first <laughs> yeah. heavy record, then he's he's the oracle of metal. Yeah. So anything he says. I had a funny conversation with him uh, yesterday. He he randomly sends me a message, and he's like, oh, you would find this interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, my cousin directed Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, I was shit. just like, you are never... He's so full of surprises. Like, he when is. he tells his cousin is Ghost Mane. Yeah. And now I'm like, you're telling me your fucking cousin directed Leprechaun in the Hood, which is arguably the most ridiculous one. I mean, the Outer Space one is... is, is I think I've only, I've only seen the first one. I think I've, I've only... I didn't seen, venture past that. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen bits and pieces, yeah. but it's just so funny. Like, of all the ones, so Ice T's in that one... <laughs> And then I looked at his IMDB, his cousin, which is, I forget his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also directed, do you remember Bloody Murder? No. So it was like this Friday the 13th knockoff that came out uh, probably like 2000. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so he directed the sequel, which is uh, Bloody Murder 2. And on it is this guy with a hockey mask. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. But instead of like a an axe or a machete, he's a goalie mask instead of a. <laughs> he has a hook. So I was just like looking at him, and and I told Ron, I was like, listen, I'm like, if you ever talk to your cousin who lives in L.A., yeah. um, and you, I don't know, maybe mention, ask him if he ever wants to like get on the phone and waste like an hour of his life. Sure, <laughs> you know, we'll like be that. I think so. Like it would no be interesting because he he grew up in Brentwood here. And then he moved to, you know, L.A. and started doing his, um, he does TV work now. Uh-huh. His wife does too. I think he even directed Witchcraft. Oh, yeah? Is that the one with with, with Tony Katane? No, that was. Uh, no, that was. Uh, with Ford or something? Yes. Or? I think that was something oh, different. Okay. Yeah. Great nudity in that one. Yes. But uh, you see now that that would have been the, the Parker drop. <laughs> I came in for him. I know. <laughs> Yeah. We really need that though, because yeah. it would have been like, great fucking order, great fucking order. <laughs> we get like a Fred, Fred Norris, uh, yeah. soundboard, <laughs> yeah. like a pedal board. We could just step on, no doubt. But I think it would be really fun to, some, yeah, to get him. Um, we were also talking about like future episodes. Uh, I guess we're gonna talk to my buddy Doug uh, Zambone from Jersey. He's in a band called the Van Saders. They're awesome. You'll, you know, I guess if you're listening, you'll hear more about them. Yeah. Uh, as time goes on, really, really good um, band from Jersey. And then I talked to Neil Rubenstein, who's been on the show, mm-hmm. John Cox, who's been on the show, and they wanted to do a Star Wars uh, kind of like maybe like a Red, Red River, River Presents, Presents type right. thing. Right. So when I was like, okay, good idea. And then I remembered my bass player, Dave, and his friend, Steve, our friend, Steve, really. Um, they're humongous Star Wars dorks. Right. So the four of them would make such a great conversation that I, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. Like, we could just kind of, like, sit in and maybe do whatever. Because, like, well, do you where feel- You and I, I think, you know, I'm speaking for you, but, like, are, I like watching Star Wars movies, but I'm not, like, about that life. 
<laughs> I grew out of that life. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't fuck with those prequels at all. The ones I grew up on, I I, was, I liked. And I, I've been taking my son to these new ones and enjoying it and stuff. Me too. But like, well, I don't understand it on the level that some other dudes do. So, so I would hang back. I'm like the casual. We represent like the casual. Yes. Yeah, I'll go see Star Wars. In that thing. Because, yeah. and I blame the prequels. I've said it before. They just, the prequels really, you know, so I was like 21 watching the first prequel. Yeah. And I think I just... It just set me on a course where it's like I was either going to go full back into it or I just watched. That was, they were doo-doo. So like, bad. Like irredeemable. Yeah. Like nothing good about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like eating eating broccoli. Like <laughs> like I knew like I was already there. It was on my plate. And it's like, okay, I know I, you know, I, I know I already started this dinner, so I have to eat this fucking shitty part of the plate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that's how I looked at it. So like I was almost angry by the time um attack of the clones and revenge of the sith right. came out because i knew that i had a responsibility to watch them yeah. i couldn't let it go i've enjoyed these ones though i love them they got you know they move along and I, I the true fans will have their own thing about it and stuff like that but as like the layman i'm like yeah a good movie you know but yeah uh, yeah that would make for a good red river presents something um because yeah if if you're like super into something like you know, like me watching the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, af- it affects my core. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't like, I have so many stupid things about that movie. So I guess that's how these guys look at it. So yeah, I'm like, why interject my uh, casual opinion in there? Let these four guys who are really like, they're talking about like just subplots that I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it'll be that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. That's what did you? Um, so I know the last episode we we did our, our favorite movies of the year, right? Um, uh, I think the day that we actually did the episode, we we taped it. Um, Star Wars came out, right? Just the yeah, around then. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, think, cause I think I think Brian did... had seen it right at the time. No, of taping. he wanted to see it because we taped and on I Friday. Was... Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I was going to see it that weekend with my son. Yeah. So what'd you think? I don't fucking remember right now. Me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we had a good time. Yeah. But if you ask me like what happened, I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> what does your son think? He he likes he's not like all about Star Wars or anything, but we don't go to the movies that often. He's not a big into the Marvel shit or whatever. But when something like that's going on, something to do, we buy a ticket, we go, we enjoy it. What is his shit? He's into like video games. He's into oh, so you don't even computers. fuck with movies. Not like fried green tomatoes or some shit. No, like I, it's a funny thing is like he'll be on it. He'll be playing a game or whatever, and I watch movies all the time. I know it's rubbing off on him because he's got his headphones on and shit. But he's like, "What did they just say about blah blah blah?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Are oh, you listening? Yeah. listening? What they just say about Kaiser Soze?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. He's a youngin, but uh, yeah. So we go to the movies. We enjoy it. Popcorn flick. Yeah. Had a good time, but like, I don't remember. I don't even remember what happened. It didn't stick with me. Like, it stuck with me. Yeah. I loved it. Okay. So, cause we made our list, um, you know, right around then. And, and I watched three movies after the fact. Star Wars would not have made my top 10 because I just don't have, like, I, to me, it's like I watched it. It was fun. It was like, uh, it's like an action movie. You watch it and there's like 100%. lasers and like, like it's really entertaining, but it, 
it's not going to make like my top ten. It'll it, definitely twenty. No, it, a sci-fi movie like that does isn't going to like affect me the way it affects some people. I, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy to begin with. It's got to hit a real certain note for me to stick with me. It no. d- it did on 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 one level because you uh I'm you know I'm gonna be forty two in a couple of days and and uh I'm watching these characters kind of uh you know spoiler alert like just like die yeah. not even in the movie in real life <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah so you do have this closing the chapter right. attachment. I, I connect with that, yeah, where it's just like, that. okay, the closing of this, it's the ninth movie of this saga. Right. Um, so, I don't know, I was in. I, I was just in. I watched it, and I thought it was fun. It was yeah. People fighting, new characters, and uh, it was just the same story with different characters. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, I did get a chance to watch two other movies that definitely would have made my top five. Of the year. One of them was Uncut Gems. You watched that? Not yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. Not yet. You like Good Time, though. Loved it. Yeah. I loved everything. The Safdie Brothers. The, the other one I, I rave about. Uh, Heaven Knows. Heaven Knows What or something yeah. like that. That was brilliant. Yeah. I even saw their other, day, uh, I think it was called Daddy, Daddy Long Legs. Yeah. I've gone and watched anything about them. I what, love What did you think style. about Daddy Long Legs? It's okay. Like, the trailer it's a, looked like nothing I want to see. Uh, yeah, it, it's not the greatest, but for, it, I think, their debut, you can see the promise of how good these guys, what a handle they had on things. Yeah. And then, heaven knows what. I hope I'm getting that right. I was feeling, I, I always want to say Heaven Can Wait because it's a goddamn Maiden song. But anyway, <laughs> um, that was a whole nother level. Um, so I'm down with those guys. Okay. I just haven't seen the flick yet yeah man well let me give you a non-spoiler um review of it please it it might be better than good time it 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 would have been probably my number one movie of the year wow um past bright burn that i had up there harpoon everything that i saw this year nothing beat uncut gems because it felt like the movie mother mm-hmm. where you're just like from beginning to end it's just this um it's anxiety. Yeah. You're watching it, and, and these guys know how to create, like, a pressure cooker. Sure. And you hear that pressure cooker for, like, two and a half hours until it just explodes. Right. Um, in, in the most um, normal of ways, like, you know, like somebody trying to get in a door, uh, they just create these, these normal circumstances, but they, like... It's almost like on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, their casting on this is amazing. Um, really ugly, ugly New York guys that look like... <laughs> I mean, they look like they just went to like the subway and they're like, you, you, and you, come with me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's his face? Uh, Adam Sandler mm-hmm. fucking killed it. Yeah. Really killed it. And and um, so it's funny when, when a movie that I love so much is so polarizing because when... When when I went to go see it, there was like an older couple next to me, and their son had bought them, um, I guess, movie tickets, and I guess that's what they decided to go see. And uh, after the movie, they were just like, "Wow!" They were like, "That movie was terrible," <laughs> because they're like, "They it was a movie with screaming for two and a half hours." I guess we know what to expect, mm-hmm. but some people that went in thinking like, "Okay, this is an Adam Sandler movie, and it's." It's going to go this certain way, and then... They wanted Grown Ups 3. 
I don't know what they were thinking, but they they just see the name attached to it, and uh, they were just like, you know, uh, our buddy Matt Roran from the Cinema Art Center said that they were getting so many complaints about the movie. Really? From like older people being like, I can't believe you would show a movie like this oh here. God. And they're just like, this is like an assault on my senses for two hours. And Matt was like, well, that's what the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed what to the... be. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I want to see it. Just haven't got to it. Yes. Uh, and then the other movie that I saw that would have made my top five is Knives Out. I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah. But I heard great things yeah ryan yeah. johnson who wrote uh the last jedi right um made this movie really good whodunit great cast don johnson jamie lee curtis daniel craig bunch of bunch of people in this movie and uh it's just a murder mystery mm-hmm. and the whole time you're just like peeling away the story and uh done very well like completely like clue right you know um so yeah that would have cracked my top five i guess that's it as far as like the movies that i saw the Oscars just happened. Oh, the Oscars, speaking of that. And which I haven't seen everything. Uh, some things I have no interest in seeing. I used to ma- try to make a real effort to see everything. Till it got, like, the past couple of years, I'm like, God, some of these movies are fucking horrible for me. Yeah, yeah. i just like, this is not my cup of tea. So I will not be sitting to watch Little Women anytime soon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I did watch Parasite. Okay. And that, that- was at the winner. Yes. First, uh foreign film to ever win best picture i didn't I even believe, know that right? really yeah i think so we'll get our fact check team on that his name I, is bong bong ho yeah some shit like that yeah that's a but, great uh, name <laughs> he, he yeah he he's actually got a couple of good movies in his past and stuff like that but this is i it was it you know the greatest thing i ever seen no but it was very um original had a great sub story about the haves and have nots in yes. society and I didn't watch it told in a very clever way and uh and moves along and definitely the most original of a pick for a best film that the Oscars have a lot of times they just fall like you know they're gonna pick that historical drama or, yeah yeah you could just like see 1917 it a or some shit yeah and, and uh, you know it's cool they picked that movie and it, it, I would recommend it uh I'm waiting for the dubbed version the dub? No, you don't do that, do you? <laughs> I mean, you I can't. would. <laughs> no, you gotta have the Yo, original actor's listen. inflection on that shit. I'm trying to watch the movie, but then I have to read. You can do that. I know, but I it just like, in you. <laughs> like it's like it's it's almost like you're looking at titties on the screen. Damn, man, you can't even read subtitles. I know about the books, <laughs> but shit, son, the fuck. <laughs> I, you know what? I need to watch it on Facebook and clips. You only read Facebook statuses. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Well, maybe they can figure out a way to do that. But I would recommend it. But uh, as far as newer stuff, that's what I had seen. But um, what I've been watching a lot of is uh, these a lot of episodic true crime. There's like a boom of it, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> where it, like, yeah. I love these three episode or four episode. Uh, I've watched... Um, and it got a lot of a lot of people talking about it, the don't fuck with cats, which I know you told me to watch right away. And I yes, did. did you? Okay, so so this one, uh, I didn't really know what it was, but I was sitting at home and I was like, "Don't fuck with cats." And then I remember people were talking about it, but mm-hmm. I didn't read what they were saying. Yeah. So I put it on, and I, I realized it was three episodes, and I'm like, okay. And as it goes on and goes on. Um, the, you know, that lady giving the intro, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, are they going to do what I think 
is this guy going to do to these kittens what I think he's going to do? Yeah. And uh, it just, it, it really kind of like shook me a little bit. Like I got very, uh, like uh, it hit my anxiety. Sure. Hit me because I. Terrific. I, I'm watching someone do something that I can't stop. Yeah. So it jolted me. I and- couldn't look. I had to look away a lot. And I don't, I don't. Like when when you talk all the time to, about like the, the horror nerd group or something like that, I mean, like this movie wasn't even scary or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're like, how old are you? Yeah, like, how old are you? That's for what, sure. like horror is like like a Tom and Jerry cartoon yeah. to me. Yeah. And with these shows that that I'm watching and something like this, like that is the horrific. That's horror to me. Like yeah. horror isn't even horror to me. But like, and and I couldn't even. Like, look away. When I knew what was going on, all right, I know what's going on here. And I know they didn't show the nitty gritty, but they'd show right up to it kind of like that. Yeah. Because they can't, I mean. And for sure. And, and you, I mean, that was almost enough. Because it was enough. Mentally, you you know what's happening. Yeah. And you, like, it just, you want to stop this person from doing this. So really what got me invested within the first five minutes was just it was so horrific that I'm like I need to to watch all three immediately mm-hmm. just to make sure that this fucking Justice guy is done is yeah. done right I want him fucking dead yeah <laughs> right so by the time it got to the second episode I guess you know where where he uh, kills someone I remember that video I remember the ice yeah. pick video yeah yeah I, yeah me I knew about that dude I didn't even know about the cat thing but neither I knew did about I his I knew murder yes. From some kind of serial, I don't know. Some, I thought it was fake. Some weird thing I read about or something, or maybe Crystal Crystal had sent because she was in all the serial sure. stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, I knew about that case, and then when it all tied in, I'm like, is that that motherfucker? Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. So I'm watching that video of him stabbing somebody with the ice pick, and I was like, holy shit! I didn't know, like you, I right. didn't know what led up to it. And I remember watching that video thinking, like, I don't know what's going on because it, there was no sound. It was just the, the music. Yeah. And I remember, like, the, the, you know, New Order or whatever the fuck it was. And just watching this video and thinking, like, I don't know if it's real or not, but it was just kind of, like, jarring. Yeah. And I was like, I never want to watch this again. No. No. Um, And then, like, you know, the, the reveal, like, at the end, obviously, have you seen it? Yeah, we can't get into specifics because there's a lot of people that haven't seen it, and yeah. I've had to convince them too because like they thought the same thing. Like, oh, I can't watch this cat, and I I was like, I'm like, if there's some cat shit, I can't fuck with it. Yeah, they don't show you everything. You can look away like well, I did for like the couple of seconds you need to. Yeah, but it's it doesn't drone on about that. No, like, it moves along, and it's very worth a watch. Yeah, man, once you get past that first episode. Th- episode two and three or more like it's funny because you, you you see like the harm done to like humans and you're just like that's fine yeah all right but the the yep. animal thing no um especially yeah, like because the of their innocence yeah 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 you, you know, know the, humans are fucked up already yeah like that guy <laughs> at least had a chance to fight or something not that i'm saying that was okay but, yeah you know not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get canceled yeah no, no. <laughs> <don't know>, 50th <laughs> episode <laughs> But yeah, I I watched that. I enjoyed that. I highly recommend it. There was a great Aaron Hernandez uh, one that was on Netflix as well, a football player that killed a few people that I didn't realize. Me neither. (laughs) I thought he killed one. I thought he killed one, and I 
I used to love football growing up. I haven't given a fuck about football in a long time now. I just can't get interested in it anymore. It's just it's something when I was younger. Now I just don't have time for it. But anyway, I didn't know. I knew a little bit about the story, but I wasn't following it, following it. But uh, that goes into a, a, a lot of crazy places as well. And uh, Well, your assessment of it on Facebook, I felt like on the group, I really felt what you said because after watching it you know it was one of those things where it's like well you know look how he grew up how wasn't he gonna kill people and i was just like yeah he kind of seemed like a jock douche yeah he can and he come up out of more bristol connecticut which ain't the hood yeah you know what i mean like it wasn't he didn't have all these i mean some you you get some more information about him like uh, about how he, his dad and sure. his sexuality and stuff like that. And the guy might've... claiming that he was blowing him, which was weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, next that, to his dad, but his dad, yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But like his dad. So there's a lot of issues about his behavior, but then also the uh, the concussions and things like that, and how bad his brain was, and there's a lot involved in it. Besides, it's 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 a very it goes. Uh, a lot of interesting places, but uh, a lot I didn't know about that case. And I, I love the dad sitting next to like the his te- his ex teammate that was claiming that he was blowing Aaron or whatever the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Like dad was trying to be so understanding. Like he, he looked like he was sitting there. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, you know, my son sucks dicks and and gets fucked in the ass. And it's like, uh, you know, um, like he was just like sitting there, like trying to be so understanding. Trying too hard. Yeah, he was trying so hard, and I'm thinking like, I know, guess that's a good job. A part, as a dad. yeah, a part of it is like a sweet thing, and then the other part, you're just like, holy shit, guy. Like, like hey, yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, my son blew a Super yeah. Bowl MVP. <laughs> did yours? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, like it, you're not asking your daughter. You know, he was a patriot. Yeah, like it, it's like you're. Not <laughs> he didn't blow one of the Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't blow Cleveland Brown. <laughs> um, but yeah, like at some point you're just like, oh yeah, this is just weird. Like you're trying to accept yeah. it and I get it, but like you wouldn't be asking any one of your kids, like your daughter. It's like, he's hey, trying. my daughter fucked 10 dudes on the team. You know? Yeah, he was trying for sure. Son, you want to ride to the club tonight? Yeah. Go find you a nice fella? Come on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But it, I... By the time I got to the end, you know, and listen, I, I don't know Aaron, but it, it just post it it, uh, it painted this like really it just put him in a bad light. Even the phone calls, which so the mm. phone calls that, that he was making throughout the whole was it like three episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you just I don't know. He just seemed like such a like a like a child, a meathead, a meathead child. Yeah, you know, like there was nothing really. Um, Nothing to him. Um, although the it could have been because his brain was like a pile of raviolis in there at that <laughs> point. You know what I'm saying? Like he they did... said it was like the worst when he did he donate or whatever they did yes. the, when they looked into it to study it. Like he had like the worst case of it that CTE. they've ever seen at that yeah. age or something. You know, so which is crazy. Yeah. So um, who knows what factored into everything. The last one I was going to discuss, I mean, there's a multitude out there, but uh, the, I think I got to catch episode two, which just came out, but uh, the McDonald's uh, Loving one on it. HBO, which yeah. I just Make saw millions. the first episode and hooked. I can't wait. You know? I saw I saw the second. I, I noticed that, uh, I guess, Mark Wahlberg is attached to it, too. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, which uh, his team did a really good job. Like, you could see from 
you know, I guess McMillions is uh, about uh, somebody was just kind of hustling McDonald's with the um, Monopoly game. I was all about that game. Back Me too. Day, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, meat and fries, and I turn it over. I'm like, I got Park Plays or whatever the fuck's going on. I got another free fry. Yeah. <laughs> but like, That's all I got. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I guess, like, you know, they, they're showing that somewhere along the way, I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen two episodes, obviously. Now, these these shows, this style of show, I, I'm loving it. I love they present this story, this crime, this caper, and then peel away. Yes. You know, reveal it yeah. over the course of a couple. And it's usually truth is stranger than fiction, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's captivating to me. It's, uh, I love it. They can't make enough of these. I find myself, even like recently, really, like if you put on a movie and it's kind of boring or hard to follow, mm-hmm. um, like Lighthouse or something. <laughs> oh, I'll get there. <laughs> um, it's hard to basically like I, you know what I, I tried watching just recently uh, thanks to Shutter, which I fucking can't say enough about the five dollars a month that I spent on Shutter. I never saw the original Prom Night, nineteen eighty. It's fucking boring. Yeah, it's like a there's like a half hour dance. It's like a <laughs> dance fever, yeah. like disco fucking shit. It's at the end. very boring. It's horrible. Part two, way better. Way better. Uh, Mary Lou. Mary, hello, yeah, Mary hello, Lou. Mary Lou. Uh, Prom Night too. I remember that. Uh, but gotcha. it, so, so it's on there. I'm like, you know, uh, every now and then, uh, oh, you know what? I, I'll i get to it. But so Shudder will put on some classics and sometimes you miss these movies or maybe I saw Prime Not, Prom Night. I just don't remember. And boy, was it a chore to fucking watch. Yeah. I'm sitting. I, I tried to do it over like two or three nights and I just. I'm like, I need to finish this movie, and I never did. Yeah. Um, but going back to the true crime thing, what what happens is you're so invested in these stories of like, you know, Dateline or 2020. They're telling these stories, and you're just glued. You don't want to miss a detail. Oh yeah. Because there, it's like you said, truth is stranger than fiction. And uh, sometimes you're like, do I want to try to watch a movie that? might not get my interest within the first 30 or 40 minutes or do right. i want to sit and watch fucking mcmillions yeah and the way they peel that story is is a lot of fun man it's it's a good time netflix fucking amazon hulu Ooh. all these fucking every story that happened that you're oh like the lorena bob and shit like sure. all these things um are now just being told because enough time has passed i just watched a great one about uh uh, who killed Malcolm X? That Netflix uh, yes. rolled out. That's, I believe a seven parter or an eight parter, maybe. But um, a lot of stuff I didn't know about that whole like how that went down and who might have been behind the scenes. Oh, really? And who yeah, I gotta it. watch it. Yeah, yeah. Before, like, it's, you make a documentary and you gotta sell it to, to like I don't know ABC or like just something. Now it's like I feel like all these streaming services need so much content. Mm-hmm. That you you know, there's so many avenues now. I feel like what ABC and NBC and uh, CBS were, or now it's it's almost like okay, now it's Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, and HBO. Yeah, you know. Well, that's who's really takes chances and tries something interesting. You know what I mean? Like, uh, are those networks? You know, Ooh. when's the last time fucking? ABC or a networks meaning Amazon or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. A network TV show. Who's really? somebody? Somebody's watching CSI Miami though. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> even like. <laughs> Who attempt to like watch some shit like that? Yeah, you know what I mean. 
somebody somebody is though there's a lot of people yeah but you know i that whole thing like when growing up and network tv was like something big that i know they pay better and stuff like that to their talent but cable becoming like you know an entity in my lifetime as a user and stuff like that Comedy Central, Channel 4, no different to me. Yeah. What are you putting on? Yeah. I don't give a fuck you. What, you know what I mean? What's good? You know what I mean? Like, there's no difference to me. And it was like less fragmented too. That's why, that's why those shows were getting like a hundred million viewers. Right. Because it was like, okay, I either watch Matlock or fucking like, you know, whatever else. Now it's like. You know, you, it's so, it's so niche. Like everything is like, oh, okay. Like there's a show where people are naked in the wilderness. I'll take that. <laughs> naked and afraid. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you ever yeah. watch that show? I have not. My father-in-law watches it. Yo, it's fucking ridiculous. I, I watch it because sometimes I get swept up in it and it's ridiculous because you're thinking like you're probably not even getting that much money. You're going somewhere for 21 days. You got to kill your own food. You have like mos- mosquito bites on your fucking like dick and pussy lips. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, like braving this fucking like it's either super cold or super hot. You're trying to sleep like on like on a leaf and shit. Never, right? Would I even consider it? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. You know? But but, uh, but the point is, is like there's uh, there's something there. For everyone, for everybody, you know. There's, I was, I've been watching uh, TLC. There's a show called One Thousand Pound Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> the title makes me laugh. Well, because TLC has like the most. They're each a thousand pounds. It's like a combined weight. So it's they're combined. So one six hundred and eight. At a combined weight. <laughs> <laughs> so one weighs six oh eight, and the other one's like you know four and change. But the girl who's six oh eight is so fucking fat. That her head is fat. So her forehead has a belly. <laughs> like her forehead has a belly. And I'm watching this shit going like, I felt bad because it's like. Like give a shade in the bright sun. I'm like, just thinking like, over, like. It's 608 pounds. Like you didn't get to 508 and think to yourself, maybe I should stop here. Like you <laughs> just like. At that point, I think you just like, you know. Who cares anymore? Who cares? It yeah. has to be. Yeah. But when like there's no raw room for the fat to go, so it went to your, your it forehead. It went to her forehead. <laughs> like if you Google, if you're listening to this, Google Thousand Pound Sisters, and you know, it, it just, her forehead has a belly. It's fucking. Does, does the one who's like full and change think she's hot shit because she's like 200 pounds less? Yes. <laughs> So she, so so the show is basically them get uh, getting to a certain amount of weight to to get their stomach stapled. But the TLC is bananas. They have that show. They have a uh, Doctor Pimple Popper. Mm-hmm. So the whole show is just like these weird like abscess pimple thingies all over people's body, and she pops them. Uh, and then the other show they have is uh, My Feet Are Killing Me, which you could imagine what it's about. It's I don't know. They're just cornering the market on like grotesque TV. I like how it can only be referred. No one ever says the Learning Channel anymore. It's just TLC. Yeah. It's like where they started and where they ended. Yeah, no. Nah, there's It's it's completely different. <laughs> that shit used to be like Penguin documentaries when it rolled out. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just bananas. A lot to watch. Yo, so uh, you saw The Lighthouse? I did. We, I know we both hate The Witch. The Witch was awful. Yeah. Lighthouse, my... Well, you know what? I can't say it's worse, but same director. What made you want to watch it? 
I'm an idiot, man. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew you had so much free time? <laughs> no, I, I, um, I'm a William Defoe fan. Yeah. And I heard, uh, you know, the guy made the witch that I didn't like, but that's not enough for me to throw mm-hmm. the baby out with the bathwater or whatever. You know, like you might, that movie might not just been for me. His second movie might be fucking the bomb. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, uh, and it looked cool because I didn't really, I don't watch trailers a lot. I kind of could just see if I want to watch something because trailers give away too much of shit for me anymore. I watch. So I don't watch. I watch like the first minute of a trailer. Yeah. If I I hear a lot of chatter about something, I'm curious, then I'll watch it. So I got got it on DVD from the library. Shout out. Um, (laughs) And it started off okay. They're, They're... they got this old salty dog way of talking, like you know, sea sea folk or whatever. And William Defoe is chewing it up, and I'm love. I I love. I could listen to him talk like that because I love Defoe. And then eventually, it's just not really going anywhere for me. Shot beautifully, no question about the cinematography. I got no qualms with that. Looks cool, you know, but it goes fucking nowhere. It's fucking paint dry to me. It's I that's 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 what I heard. So I heard th- this is what what I was told when, when it came out. And this is when, when I knew I didn't want to see it. Right. They're like, this movie makes the witch look like Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah. OK, yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll pass. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, now I would definitely, you know, I will not see a movie from this dude if he makes it again unless everybody i know that i trust yeah. is like yo you know what he really turned it out on this one you gotcha. <laughs> i'm like all right third third try but uh yeah it just and listen i i went to film school for a while and we did all avant-garde shit like there stan brackage kenneth anger you know we watched all the french new wave and godard and we watched all the italian films and I I've been through there. I'm not an ignoramus, right? For sure. So I will analyze. You read shit. books. I can read. You know? <laughs> but, it ain't uh, me. <laughs> but at a certain point, the, some of these art house films, and there's a definite boom in art house horror. I feel like uh, I find that some people fall over themselves to analyze and get things where there is nothing going on. Like where the interpretation, where it's so open for interpretation that it could mean anything. And they just like, it gets so pretentious to find meaning in these different parts. And like, I'm not down to put in that much fucking work for it. I like a certain level of mystery to it, like a little bit. Like, I liked, I know a lot of people didn't like Hereditary. Sure. I felt it was fine, kind of in the art house vein because of the way it looked. But it moved the story along for me. Midsommar, one of my f- my favorite movie last year. It, that's just the level that I can handle. This guy's shit with the witch in the lighthouse yeah. is some other level, like pretentious bullshit that I don't want in my horror flick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a line there for me. Midsommar, I can get with this shit. No, not so much. I'm finding know? myself liking Arya Esther, his work way more than Robert Eggers. Yeah, it's gonna be way more my thing because even like I, I liked Hereditary till the end, but even till then I'm like this is a gorgeous film. 
yeah. really just filled with dread. I just didn't care for that payment or whatever the fuck the shit was. But Midsummer was like bananas because it was just so bright and in your face. Yeah. And it, it had the fucking, like you said, just enough where I'm like, okay, this this is really weird and super arty, but enough evil for me. Yeah. Like it just balanced that's, out. That's right there. That's as far as I'm going with that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? With my horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's the art house horror thing definitely has become. And you know what? It, it, it's just like music and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like uh, horror is such a broad brush. And the, over the time that this stuff goes on, there's going to be different uh, elements and styles. And and this is another one that's, you know, like the slasher was uh, yeah. whatever. And, and, uh, but it's not really horror to me at all. Like the lighthouse, there's no, and I, I don't want to get hung up in the label, but this, I find it or the witch very loosely in the family of it. Even I don't know for I, me. I think it just people who find that time fascinating that like the witchcraft stuff. People that buy into that stuff, which which I I just don't care for. Um, they're going to gravitate towards that. Uh, to me, it's just, it was, it, it just wasn't for me. And, and you want to talk about not, not watching a trailer. I don't remember watching a trailer for, for the witch. I remember my friend, Chris, uh, shout out to the films on tap podcast being like, let's go see the witch. And I was like, fuck it. It's rated R and it's a brand new horror movie. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. And we fucking <laughs> sat there. And At what point? How long did it take you to start oh, thinking to yourself, man. wow, I'm in the presence of some shit right here? <laughs> uh, probably about like the 40 minute mark. Okay. Um, I was just like. This was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, I'm like, uh, I'm like, nothing's really happening. Like, yeah. it started off with the baby being yeah. stolen. I'm like, oh, this cool. This girl's kind of weird looking with her wide eyes apart <laughs> and shit. And, uh, Man, by the, I'll never forget the end of the movie, man. As soon as the credits fucking popped on, the dude sitting in front of us just gets up. He's like, this was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. And that broke the ice because we all, everyone in the theater <laughs> laughed. <laughs> but it's how I felt, you know, watching Uncut Gems. Like, we were like, this was so great. And everyone was just like, that was fucking terrible, yeah. you know? Those are the, the the art house, for lack of a better term, or whatever. That the, the, you're always gonna have that love it or hate it kind of thing. And uh, I don't know. I just I was around a lot of people in film school that we watched some shit that I'm just like, man, that was fucking that wasn't good. Like, but they're determined to take the angle that there's and like overanalyze it and over and draw things out of the film that no one's gonna fucking pick up on oh, like you're finding what you're looking for to justify this or that you you decided you're gonna like it you know and again it's a film it's all open to interpretation but i think sometimes people fall over themselves to find meaning in nothing speaking of that so a movie you had in your top five which i didn't get a chance to watch till after which was under the silver lake yeah um that is playing to exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that movie, I watched it with Karen, my girlfriend. She fucking hated it. Yeah. I fucking finished watching it, and I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, nothing It was nothing made sense. And I'm like, yes, kind of, sort of. I'm like, 
I've never seen a movie that meant so much yet so little. Yeah. And I for like a two weeks after watching Under the Silver Lake, I'm like watching videos explaining it and all these angles. And it was seriously like the Big Lebowski meets Alice in Wonderland. That's completely what it was. Like this guy it was just such a bizarre movie. Yeah. And and uh, there's like threads and all these like communities online looking for meaning from this movie, right. which for the most part almost just doesn't have a meaning. It's like it's like life and like a some night of the, in the life. Yeah, some of those things seem like dream sequences. Like when he's talking to the girl and they're like walking by the water and he's in his pajamas. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't make sense because you're in your pajamas and then you jump in the water and then this girl gets shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, like, nothing... At that point, I'm like, he has to be dreaming a lot of this stuff. Totally. And I, I didn't mean that, like, I do not like to analyze films or, 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 you know, I don't need everything, like, presented right to me. I am not that guy. I do appreciate having to, you know, things that are open for interpretation, but films like that, you got to give me something. Like, something linear. A little bit to so what keep is my what is it about under the silver like that you like them? The, 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 I, I had a hard time explaining because a lot of people, somebody like Jerry Smith loves it. See the thing, and is, he doesn't love anything with with a plot. I can't, it you know I can't tell you exactly what it meant, but there's sometimes a movie it just is uh, like I like. I think I mentioned on the show. I love how. You know, the, it's a very it's a film that couldn't be shot anywhere but Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles is a character in the film. It is, and it it goes into this night in these places that it's just, uh, I don't know. I can't break down the meaning of it or anything like that. But I I was invested in the character. I was invested with. It. So even it doesn't have to be completely linear. It ha it can have the vagueness or or whatever. But it it just can't go to, into the into the territory of boredom for me and that's what like the, the, the that way. that's it the movie, I was interested in the character the movie was never boring I liked the great soundtrack great soundtrack you know what I mean so there was stuff there for me so like even if it doesn't make perfect sense for it me it was almost like vignettes to, to have yeah perfect example yeah and uh it gave me enough that like I could follow and but still left a lot open for interpretation. I guess so much. It's a very fine line for me, I guess, where you go over this this arty farty I have this like Mendoza arty farty line that you've up uh, you've gone too far. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> That's what I did. And the lighthouse. And then I was on one point five speed on the PlayStation just to see all right, who's who fucking dies. And that's the thing with, with you know, certain movies where um you know, some like I get when I like that's one of those movies that I could tell people I like, and if they tell me they hate it, I'm like, I get it, hundred percent. I really get why you would hate it, but it just worked for me because it was never boring. Stylistically, to go from It Follows to that, I think Under the Silver Lake was one of the most ambitious movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'll, I'll even tell people, I'm like, listen, I don't think you're gonna like this. I liked it a lot, so if you watch it and you come back to oh. That you know, I told you, <laughs> I yeah. didn't think you were going to like it. Yeah. Which I get it. And Karen, Karen hated it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Did you open up a letterbox? I have an account. You did? I haven't been active yet. Okay. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, whatever nonsense you say on Facebook, but it's it's geared towards a community. 
And same thing, you follow people and you see what they rate whatever movie, you know, like if I watch Prom Night, I'm going to go on there and be like, you know, uh, you know what I just recently watched? You have to write a review? No. Because I can't can't do that. No, no. That's a lot of work. You you could do the ratings, the star rating. You don't even have to rate it. Right. You could just document what you've seen. Um, I saw uh, Tenebrae. Which one? Uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae. I'm not a big Argento. Neither guy. am I. Yeah. That's what I tried to explain to people. And I actually don't like Argento, but <sighs> I tr- I'll try all his films before I'm probably done with it. Okay, Tenebrae was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Very smart Horror story. Or like a Giallo, like uh, I mean, it was like, Giallo. Yeah, yeah. Guys with gloves on and yes. Nice. So so th- this guy writes a book. Um, and he's traveling to Italy to go promote it. And, uh, somebody is a fan and he, they start killing, uh, I'm, I guess doing whatever's in the book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like a murder mystery. Maybe I did see that. It's really good. It's got a great, great, like last act for sure. Like the beginning is just all, you know, to watch those movies now in 2020, mm. uh, you you have to take into consideration like how you know sometimes the dialogue is kind of funny and the the dubbing and stuff. Sure, you know John Saxon's in it; he's great. I think I did see that. Yeah, I think I did see this. So it's fun, you know. Now, now I I have a place that I could log everything that I've seen, whether it's old or new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely go for the rating stuff. I, I like. Rating certain things. Uh, I rate everything I watch on IMDb for the pure reason of like, sometimes I watch it and I'm like, did I see this shit? Yeah. <laughs> and then I can look up and like, oh yeah, I rated yeah. that. I won't waste my time. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to fuck with Letterboxd then. It's good. It's, yeah. it's, it, you see, you know, just everyone there and you get to see what they think of certain movies. Um, it's a cool cinephile thing for sure. Okay. Totally recommend it. Um, so speaking of movies, uh, we did a bracket for our favorite movies of 1990. Yes. Um, very hard to pick when you really look at the movies that came out. Yeah. Like, what a fucking year. Good year. Even the records. Um, yo, I don't know. And, you know, it's fun to to, to dial the clock back 30 sure. years, 20 years, 10 years. 30 just seemed like a good one because I knew it was like a good fellas year. Yeah. Um, so I think. Which we gave an honorable status to. to we did. It out. Because, in my opinion, the greatest movie of all time, hands down. We gave it the, the, the Bolo Young. You know, we just let it sit in the corner. Um, a lot of people fucked with Ed, Edward Scissorhands. I had no I'm, idea. I, I'm a big Scissorhands fan. Yeah. Yeah. Love that film. I even wrote a. At film school, I even wrote a fucking paper on it, breaking it down. Comparing it to uh, Jean Cocteau's Blood of a Poet. Oh, and now <laughs> you you're just showing off. On you. Yeah, <laughs> Jean Cocteau. Yeah. My favorite porn star. You like how I said Jean? <laughs> Jean Cocteau. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wrote like a paper on that movie. I'm a big Burton fan. It's got fucking my girl Winona. Winona. Yeah. Girl Winona. Yeah. Fucking Anthony Michael Hall being a bully. Alan sure. Arkin. Yeah. It's fucking loaded, man. Yeah, Winona, Winona did her thing right there. That was like Heather's. Blonde wig I wasn't feeling, but I was No, me right, neither. She's yeah. A, she's a black hair to me. So for, life. for their, um, you figure she, she had. Vincent Price's last movie. She had Heather's, Scissorhands, and uh, Beetlejuice, like yeah. all in that scene. Like that's a fucking, that's a hard three right there. She was killing it. Yeah. That's why she was the girl of a generation. Yeah. 
you know. Um, so there was a lot of movies picked, and I, I, I wanted to, to basically focus on your five favorites. Go back and forth. Sure. sure. All right. So, um, in no particular order. No particular order. So I'm going to do um, quick change for me. Okay. Was number five. I, I was think happy this to see that get a lot of love. Yeah, me yeah. too. I really wanted to show it uh, at the uh, cinema. Uh, no, the um, the thing okay. we were doing at the Bolton Center, R.I.P. Um, because it it's such a god. It's one of the best bank robbing movies yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, lots of quotable lines. Up up your butt with a coconut. <laughs> uh, I I I would make that T-shirt in a minute. Um, so yeah, number five for me and like the cast, Randy Quaid, Gina Davis, Jason Robards, fucking Bill Murray, uh, Red Foreman, (laughs) Mr. Lombino. Yep. Lombino is king. (laughs) Great movie. Oh, and fucking Bluff Toomey, the fucking, uh, Tony Shalhoub. Oh yeah. When he was in the the cab driving and I always loved it. I'm watching it and he's like, what I do. And they're just (laughs) like, oh, uh, you know, the airport. He's like, oh, okay. And then he asks again and they're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) So good. So that's for me. Um, I'll shout out, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Okay. Very surreal, you know, dreamlike, dreamlike horror, like in a way I had never seen before when it came out, you know, or very seen very little. Of that stuff, almost like, uh, you know, David Lynch-esque, you know what I mean? Kind of uh, psychological horror. I still, that, that fucking, those fucking things in the subway car and shit like that to this day, shaking back and forth. Yeah. The horrific images, but original, original film. I just watched um, Wounds on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Did you see that movie? No. Nah. It, it felt like, like Jacob's Ladder because uh-huh. it's it's... You're like almost trapped up in a nightmare, right? But you don't know you are, or like I, it's just—it's really effective, man. Yeah. Um, Did you see the remake? No, I did. I just had. I no was just curious if anybody has because I don't remember talking to anyone. Any no one. Fuck yeah. With it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a, probably terrible. I just curious how terrible. I think for for us, we're gonna remember that, and, and I get why they remake stuff because they want like a newer generation, yeah, to be like, oh, this is cool. Like, if you're 20 and you're going to watch that, that might be your new Jacob's Ladder. I get why they make it, and I get why they suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, what do you got? Number four would be State of Grace. Oh, yeah. That's another underseen movie. Great cast. Ed Harris, Gary Oldman, Sean Penn, in Neighborhood, like, all the Irish gang, like, the, mm-hmm. like, kind of like a Westies type thing. Right. Great ending. Lots of violence. Uh, good good crime year for 1990. Uh, my next pick. I'm gonna give a shout out to Frankenhooker. Okay, because <laughs> uh, it was one of my early early horror films that I remember seeing. Who could forget that cover and that the, that VHS box? Yeah, but it was just so batshit crazy fun. Me and my friends watched it like a billion times when it came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so absurd in that fucking trauma studios kind of way. Yeah. But it just, uh, we rewatched it a million times. Not a cinematic masterpiece, but hilarious. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Frank Henenlotter. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I will go for number three in no particular order, of course, mm-hmm. um, would be My Blue Heaven. Uh, yeah. Now that movie, we did get a chance to show. Right. Uh, Cinema Art Center. Everything is fucking quotable. Just uh, Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, 
fucking you could melt all the stuff like goddamn what a funny movie that still holds up you have almost like the perfect uh you know switch from goodfellas to that where it's like uh mm-hmm. you're dealing with the same things but you, you did it in such a funny way you know it's like you have this mobster and uh you know now he's in the witness protection program and he's basically still trying to do his thing yeah and it just it leaves it open for so many funny situations i gotta mention eddie scissorhands Eddie's just a uh, shout out for all the reasons we said before that it just it was right in my wheelhouse when it came out. I was all about it, and it's just you know it's a fairy tale come to life, but there's a lot of subtext to it and the the scenery the the suburban neighborhood where everybody leaves at the same time and comes home at the same time, and you get the big ominous castle up there, and it just you know the the like I said before Vincent Price's last movie, the really yeah. sweet scene and uh great danny elfman soundtrack it's, it's great it's tim burton in his prime yeah you know. prime for sure um i'm gonna mention a movie uh you know i'm sure we both have <laughs> we're gonna save the last uh the best for last but for me i'm gonna say king of new york mm-hmm. today i got a chance to listen to something a, a podcast called the rewatchables first time i ever heard it um and quentin tarantino was on and he was just um gushing about king of you know the the topic was, was king of new york mm-hmm. so man he went into so much detail about the movie abel ferrar and all this other stuff um how he was originally going to cast he wanted to cast uh, lawrence fishburne as as fucking uh, samuel l jackson's character in pulp fiction uh, a lot of cool stuff a lot of great uh breakdown of of king of new york i remember watching the the, the vhs tape I didn't know what it was because it was such a random movie. It wasn't really promoted. It was just something that you just found. It was just fucking drugs. Mm-hmm. Abel Ferrara, New York, grimy, um, Christopher Walken, like hip hop, like Schooly D on hip hop references up the ass. Yeah, you know after that movie from oh that for movie. after the movie yeah, for sure yeah. like um, Biggie. The black Frank White. Black Frank White. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just like one of those movies that yeah rappers found later on. King oh, of New York time. for sure. Legend. Um, there's so many things I had mentioned for shout outs, but I guess uh, I'm, I'll mention uh, Misery. Okay. Uh, good one. You know Stephen King. There's a lot of uh, hit or misses with uh, his adaptations, but this was a clear hit. Um. Kathy Bates was outstanding, obviously. Next level performance. Kind of put her on the map, right? I think so. And uh, Jimmy Kahn was great. And that famous scene, you know, with that fucking hammer and that ankle. Well. Audible groans in the theater when and now that went down. Now it's a gif. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch. Understandably, over and over and over again. <laughs> um, but just great dialogue. Like almost it could be a, a, a play. You yeah, know, it's a, it's minimal. It's uh, two characters essentially. That's it, and playing it, off each it's other. It's so hard um, to make a movie. Even then, I remember seeing it in the theater. So I was twelve um, to make a movie entertaining that is two characters in like this one setting. Yeah, but man, was it great! Like right. it was just fucking tense and just way. Dialogue's got to pop, and the performance has got to pop. Otherwise, which it, it did. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we both have our number one for sure, which will be Goodfellas. Right. 
Um, you know, I thought it was gonna be a house party, but <laughs> there's a few, there's a few we could have mentioned, but I, I just knew everyone was gonna pick Goodfellas yeah. because it's like 30 years later, it's still the bar. It's shot perfectly. Performance are ridiculous. You know, I love mob moves to begin with, so it's right there. But I mean, they teach film classes on this on how Scorsese shot this. That the scene at the Copa where they follow them in with the one camera shot. Yep, that was as influential as any shot in history. I mean, in like like Favreau and when he made Swingers, he said he did that. I think when they went to the party scene or something like that, he was copping that fucking. Thing. A lot of people have copped that style. You know, not that he invented the long take or anything like that, but the way he did it, you know. That was it. That was just the bar. That was just uh, probably the best mob. Actually, definitely the best mob movie. And Quotable as fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still say, like, I guarantee you, you know, your girl's name is Karen, that you, you yes. sometimes you, you, you can't help yourself. Well, I had to, I had to, you know, show her the movie for the first time, I think, last year, uh, just so she can get that reference. And then from that moment on, you know. I like next- to do Karen... Cursing out Janice Rossi. Yes. <laughs> totally. Janice Rossi. Is a heart. Living in 3R. Is this the super? <laughs> yeah. Get your own damn man. The other day, Karen flushed all our cocaine down the toilet, and I was just, I asked her why <laughs> she did that. Why'd you do that? Yeah. You have to say yeah. it like that. I, she, she didn't really understand. Oh, so. God. So, another yeah. thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Sure. Um, Smashing pumpkins and guns and roses. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think. think so. I, I think just that's don't... great. I think that's a good uh, switch, you know. Not it's uh, giving you something a, like a evening of different music. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, I think you and I look at it in, on a different level because we actually like different shit. That's definitely a you know? key. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I just feel like most people who like Guns and Roses probably hate Smashing Pumpkins. Definitely. You know. Definitely. I think it's going to be such a small percentage of people. But then again, so like both those bands are, are, are still doing their reunion runs. And, you know, so now that they've been doing the reunion thing for like probably like two, three years, probably two years apiece. All right. Um, you know, when, when you come back around, you, you need to spice it up the deal. Yeah. Um, before Guns N' Roses could just, you know, add on some like nobody young band now it's like, okay, now I got to spend this amount of money. What else are you going to give me? I think also, too, the with the nostalgia tour like this, after so much time has passed since either band's heyday, I think you're going to get a little bit less of the people that hate Smashing Pumpkins but like Guns N' Roses that might just want an evening out hearing music of their youth in general. Yeah. That it's not going to be as vehemently like anti-Pumpkins or something, whereas... If they toured in like 1990, <laughs> 1990 together, then sure. it would be like different camps, you know? Different camps, especially since I'm sure like uh, Billy Corgan would have hated Axel. Now, these are, these are two people that I guarantee you can never be in the same room at the same time. The divas, both of them, man. <laughs> they just Legendary can't, like, divas. They just can't. There's no way in hell. I think. There's going to be somebody on that tour whose job specifically is to make sure that those two are never in the same room. I'm pretty sure Axel just started being in the same room as like Duff. <laughs> I know. Recently, <laughs> like yeah, I've seen pictures of him smiling on yeah. stage, and I think like at this point, after they've been back together for like two years or whatever, like 
he can say hello to Slash in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the fact yeah. bringing Corgan into that element, it's like, I, yeah. I, yeah. I can't even comprehend. And another thing with Guns N' Roses, when you have such little material and you play for so long. Yeah. Their sets are like three hours long. So basically, all you're doing is playing every song you ever wrote. <laughs> like, at this point, yeah. like, how many times do you need to see that same set list? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? Play Welcome to the Jungle in the middle instead of first? Yeah, to switch the order. Yeah. Maybe a couple, maybe a cover, a couple different covers you throw in there or something. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not a huge body of work. Not a huge good body of work either in my opinion no. i'm not a huge lover of the use your illusion i could i could take both of them and put it together a nice album you know barely but, yeah but uh you know like I, barely yeah i it's appetite and a few songs on lies and stuff like that you know yeah. what i mean but uh yeah they really stretched that into some to a long Ama- show. it's amazing yeah like it's it's amazing they are Guns N' Roses appeal to people who don't even like music. You know? Like some pe- like when people are like, Guns N' Roses is my favorite band, I'm thinking like, that's impossible. You hate music. That's impossible. There's and no- you love Guns N' Roses. Yeah. yeah. And I love them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that it, you that- can't tell me based on one record and two really okay records the only time it was okay for guns and roses to be your favorite band in the world like is when appetite just came out or like 90 93 <laughs> and the fu- the sky the future was limitless yeah. like what could this band go on to do <laughs> it's amazing it's the it's endless possibilities yeah and now years later as we've seen what they accomplished you know, overall yeah. as a body of work, and it wasn't that much. No, no, it wasn't. They that, can't still be your favorite they band. They can't still be your favorite band. <laughs> right. There's got to be somebody out there with two good records as opposed to one. Appetite could be your favorite album of yes. all time, but they can't be your favorite band. Yeah. Like, what if a band has two good records? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. instead of one. Right. You're telling me that Guns N' Roses is still your favorite band? Right. Like, it's impossible. They made one great record yeah. in 1987, and we're still talking about them in 2020. Yeah. Well, it does happen sometimes. Look at the Sex Pistols. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. They and made one. They literally- Made one album. Made yeah. one. They didn't even like make other albums that weren't as good. They <laughs> just know, made they one just album. They just made one album. But, I mean, it's impact is- and undeniable for yeah. you know for a million reasons and you know? and the i like what you said on facebook you said you know it's perfect because um axel is becoming less of a douche and billy corgan's <laughs> becoming more of a douche they might meet at this perfect you know area <laughs> yeah you know, this you know the circles might yeah you that's know, a they, they might it might maybe be that's the how yank. this happened i know you know because they like the pumpkins you know, you never knew like how not of this earth Billy Corgan was till he sits down and like he's almost angry that he's not popular anymore. He really, yeah, he he is, he is, and I feel like he'll he's got a chip on his shoulder like that's humongous for he, he never feels acknowledged enough. Yeah, never feels like you know they. He gets his place in songwriting, and he's he's a fucking brilliant songwriter. Brilliant, I mean, amazing songwriter. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's an odd motherfucker, man. I don't know. 
Yeah, and, and once same, he got involved with wrestling, I was like, wow, this guy's really weird. Uh, yeah, it just <laughs> <laughs> nothing against my friends that are in the wrestling, but Billy Corgan never struck me as like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's really into wrestling. I thought like Art Rock guy. Yeah. Like like there, Lou Reed, like all of a sudden coming out with like Lou Albano, like back if that happened, <laughs> like, that's how like I compare that. To. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Rick Jimenez that likes wrestling, and then yeah. there's Billy Corgan right under him. Those two are like the guys that like wrestling the most ever. But like I would figure Rick, you know, Rick's a jack dude. He's yeah. fucking, you know. Yeah, you're right. All man. Yeah, he <laughs> you is, know what I'm saying? He like all, I get that shit. Yeah. Billy Corgan, I was like, wow, really? Yeah, Billy Corgan definitely looks like. But I, for some reason, I just I don't. Him is like Smashing Pumpkins being reunited to me. It's like kind of like, well, it's the Billy Corgan show, you know, without James and uh, oh, James is there. Is he? I thought he wasn't involved. No, no, no James is there. I know Darcy isn't. Eha and Jimmy Chamberlain are both there. Oh, Darcy, well, okay, three quarters, and that 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 qualifies. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, he wanted Darcy, but Darcy um, seems to be kind of like, um, you know, I mean, probably hard to deal with. Would I imagine? Um, I yeah, I she, heard some stories come out and like why it went south. I yeah, and she posted true. their fucking conversation, like her text con. She sent who whatever publication their text conversations. Yes, and that's like the first sign where you're like, if you want to really make shit right, right, you're gonna fucking give like I don't know stereo gum or fucking some <laughs> shit like you yeah, right. like the conversations like not nah, like this is somebody you were in a band with like you work the shit out. I would have liked to seen her. Me up too. The helm. So it's just something look, yeah. that looks right to me. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, she was the shit. Yeah. Um, and another band that, that had a double album, and mm -hmm. uh, that was a really good double album. Oh, though. fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? 100%. But uh, that's going to be good. And then the other tour that people are beating their cocks over that went on sale today, Raging a Machine and Run the Jewels. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm interested. Yeah. I I don't know 100% if I'm going to get there. Maybe. It's a Monday and it's Tuesday night. Sometimes it's a little rough. Busy time of year for me. Only for that reason that I, I possible might be hard for me to go. But <clears throat> I'd love Rage Against the Machine to me. Uh, I'm not a super fan. Sure. But they're pretty much the only, with the exception of Public Enemy and Anthrax Bring the Noise crossover, Rage Against the Machine might be the only band I ever liked that combine rap and metal to a listenable format i yeah. usually hate when i hear rappers it, it, over rock and it just uh, I, I think it's i don't know the zach's thing is like he came from hardcore roots so his his um vocal approach is like very aggressive right. beats you over the head the band plays very steady like the the rhythm section might as mm -hmm. well be in sabbath sure because that's kind of how they're playing sure and tom morell is just doing weird shit on the guitar very unconventional stuff right and Sounds they like a record scratch they have thing. a formula right and their formula is very repetitive stuff that you know uh the lyrics are very you know uh in your face and then it gets to this point where it's just, it, it, they're like a stadium band before they were even a band. Like they just, sure. this, this is what they do. Uh, but like you, like I, I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm actually would be more excited to see run the jewels. Me too. <laughs> but, uh, but I would, I haven't seen them before either. That factors in. I did get, had the privilege to see rage on Lollapalooza when that, when the album broke the first one. Okay. And, uh, you know, when they were first starting to blow oh, wow. and shit like yeah. that. So I feel very blessed for that. 
it's one of those shows that if Hasht- I go, hashtag blessed. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna have a good time. Yeah. And if I don't go, I'm not gonna feel bad about. That's it. how I feel. You like I, I mean? I've seen Run the Jewels a whole bunch of times, and I'll see them at a place that isn't fucking MSG. Yeah. Um, if I make it to see Rage, cool. If not, I saw them the last time at Rock the Bells. Oh, and I did see them with the Wu Tang Clan. I did see I, them then too. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah. But I saw them at Rock the Bells just you know maybe like 10 years ago right and it was fucking awesome yeah um and you know it's one of those things where if a week before the show someone's like oh i have an extra ticket i'll go i'll be like yeah i'll go right. but i can't say that i'm i'm gonna i'm dying to see 100 percent. you know rage and once again a band that hasn't put out a studio record since 1999 yeah you know that could still do this stuff. So nostalgia is fucking amazing. Nostalgia is amazing. Plus the political climate that we're in now, it kind of it's a good. It's a. It seems like it makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes it completely shows like makes this. sense. It's just I get it. Like, and I'm just the same way as you. Like somebody, yo, I got a ticket. Like, you know, fuck it, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at with that shit. It, it completely makes sense, and and the hangover that people have. Now that they're so politically divided and amped right. when they listen to Rage Against the Machine, like there's some people that are just so angry that it, that that's what wait, that's what those lyrics meant this whole time. <laughs> they're like denouncing Rage Against the Machine now, you know, it's yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Get okay. out of here. Killing in the name. <laughs> I'll consider going to that. We'll see. Yeah. yeah but there's, there's a couple of. Uh, the other uh, tour I might go at the Deftones Gojira. Yeah, uh, that got announced. That that that's Metallic pretty solid. and La- uh, no Megadeth and Lamb of God. <laughs> Megadeth and Lamb of God, which I, I will not go. I will to. Not go. I've seen those bands so many fucking times. Is Chris Adler just gonna play with? with uh, I don't even know if he's playing with them anymore. He's not playing with Lamb of God. No, he's playing with Megadeth. No, he's maybe? not in Megadeth either. He uh, they got the drummer from uh, Soil Work. Mm. After Adler cut the album with them, I don't think they toured. I don't know if the, what, what the story was, or they didn't tour much, and then they got another drummer, because it's a revolving door of that band. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I have no interest in that, to fucking see that shit. I'm going to see Overkill this weekend at Mulcahy's. Oh, that's right, yeah. With Ludacris, that that's, should be fun. That's a pretty vintage lineup. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, the Sundance yeah. uh, series they're doing. I think they're doing this, and they're doing Y&T and- Zebra. And Black and Blue, or- is it that who zebra, was? Yeah. Zebra. Yo, zebra, not going to that one. Zebra's heavy on Long Island. Yeah, people heavyweight. The people, only place people fuck with people zebra. fuck with zebra it's heavy. It. It's like they never stop. Yeah. And I'm going to see Possessed at uh, AMH. AMH. Cool. In March, and I've never got to see them. They were one of my favorite bands growing up. They yeah. broke up before I could go, and uh, so I'm super psyched about that. But uh, you could mistakenly uh, stage potato there. That's how tiny it is. Oh, yeah. Well, we saw Mayhem there, which I still can't believe. No, no. Different place. Oh, okay. This place is even smaller. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Possessed is playing Amityville Music Hall, right? That was where Mayhem was, wasn't it? No, no. Revolutions is where fucking... It's down the block. Shit. Different venues. It's smaller than that place? Yes. Wow. For sure. That's crazy. Like we play there. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So, but uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff I'm interested in. Cool. Um, so the two bands that we mentioned, uh, Rage headlining mm-hmm. and uh, fucking uh, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. both came out with uh, arguably 
their best work right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, today is the 50th anniversary of the Black Sabbath record. Mm-hmm. So you and I were talking about to close off the show. Let's talk about our favorite um, debut albums. Um, the angle that I approached it from, which is probably going to be different from you, was I picked album uh, groups that came out hot from the gate mm-hmm. and never matched this debut album. Uh, so that way I was able to kind of like... Uh, that's smart. You, you gave a lot better thought than I did. <laughs> My approach was I wrote down a shitload of fuck, more bands than I can mention yeah. and then think about how I'm going to narrow this down. And well, stuff. we'll save it for the but Patreon. But I, 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 left, I left some that you know that were obvious choices for me off so I could give a couple of mentions um, to some other shit. But anyway. Um, okay, yeah. So we'll do five apiece. We'll go back and forth. Um, like I said, my criteria, uh, I, I mean, it's debut, but mine is people, you know, groups that just came in and ar- arguably you could say that they never topped said debut album. Okay. My criteria, not exactly there, but they're just as far as they had some other good shit. Okay. You know what I mean? But just the debuts just changed the game, you know, a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? But I don't have them exact order, but these, you know, five. Yeah, I'm going to mention we no no order exactly. Right. Um so my number 5 which, you know, I'm just n- numbering them. Mm-hmm. Um is Block Party Silent Alarm. I remember this was like 2004, 2005, like a lot of these uh you know, newer bands were coming out and they were fucking dropping these records and uh man, some of them like you would go read like Rolling Stone magazine and, and, you know, a lot of these bands were getting fucking critics like jerking off on them. This record in particular, I remember listening to and thinking this record deserves every bit of your cum for sure. <laughs> Cause it, it, it just delivered. Um, every song on this album, Silent Alarm was fucking fantastic the drumming uh the singer sounded like robert smith but the band played like a little faster mm-hmm. unbelievable i could still listen to silent alarm um they went on to make other records the second record was good just not as good as the first and then the third i think it was called intimacy um i'd have to like look but it just i i kept thinking like it was a steady decline as far as the material then they you know swap members and all this other shit but man Debut album, one of my favorite debut albums, and uh, definitely, I think, where they peaked. I'm not familiar with them. I mean, really? I know the band, you would but I never love, listened to them. You would love that album. Yeah. It sounds like Robert Smith. It's so it fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a listen, man. Uh, see, now I, I'm thinking about your criteria. I'm like, you know what? I got a couple of things that fit it that way. And I'll go with, um, I'm going to mention Interpool, Turn on the Bright Lights. Okay. Um. What's that? Oh no, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I think their second album is better for God. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I for me, it just uh, uh, it came out at a perfect time, and uh, in New York, was it? But what year? What, what, what that came out in two? two right after it came out after two thousand one. Right. It came out post nine eleven. Right. Okay. So, uh, but it just it it. There's so many beautiful songs on there. Uh. The songwriting's perfection. Um, a lot of like Lou Reedish kind of elements to it. Velvets. Uh, it was just a great New York rock record for me, 
very uh, haunting yeah. the guitar work uh, i know that they were big u2 fans mm -hmm. and you like the second album better than that one yeah oh, i thought that was a sophomore slump really yeah for me yeah yeah i never liked anything else they did actually but i love this record okay yeah. i mean it's a great record it's it's a neck and neck thing but i think um a lot i think there were better singles like there were catchier songs on the second record but uh they yeah they real really cool record for sure I'm going down the list here. Only built for Cuban links. Raekwon. Mm. This is my favorite Wu-Tang solo release. Wow. Um, it always goes between this and uh, Iron Man, Ghostface Killer. But man, when, when uh, you know, this only built for Cuban links record came out, it was just everything about it was fucking perfect. The cover had, you know, like the, the, the CD in the back had fucking Raekwon cooking up crack yeah. and all this other shit. It was a drug dealer uh, anthems. Oh, it was for <laughs> sure. Everybody for had, sure. Everybody had that purple tape. He never topped this album because the bar was set too high and he just, I don't know, like a lot of the records that came out after were good, but I don't know, nothing topped this. And then for some reason, so what what I think is funny is when, when hip hop artists um, put out like a sequel to a record and everyone's like, oh shit, only built for Cuban links too. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like, this isn't a movie. Like what's the difference? <laughs> it might as well be named, you know, right. uh, The Lamp or something. <laughs> like it's just a set of songs that he's yeah. like, just because he's naming it only built for Cuban links, what does that mean? It yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, that was a good record too, but man, it just this this, this was the, the the top of of the bar, and he just never sure. he never uh, he never kept it going. Sure. So let's see, keeping it with your credit, I could almost say the the Wu Tang into the Thirty Six Chambers in that regard too, because nothing they ever. Made. It was either or for me on yeah, those two. So I'm yeah. piggybacking there just as an honorable mention. Although but, Wu Tang Forever is pretty damn good. It is good for a double album. You if they would have could have been an amazing one, single. Yes, album, but yeah. there's some filler on that shit. Yeah, there's some yeah, there's some fucking ridiculous bangers on that. Yeah. Um, let me go with. I'm sticking with your criteria here. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Lauren Hills. Miss Education Lauren Hill. Okay. She obviously did nothing. Yeah. Literally almost. <laughs> yeah. Past that. Yeah. But I mean, God, what a perfect, perfect production, perfect blend of soul, old soul. Yeah. And funk and hip hop, new yeah. hip hop, like blended seamlessly, perfectly. Perfect. Her voice. Yep. She could rhyme. And, and her voice was beautiful. Yep. You know what I mean? It was perfect talent, showcase of her talents. Yeah. Like yeah. from from the score to do that, mm -hmm. like if that's your musical legacy, that's probably why she didn't do anything again. It's just like you're, yeah, you know, she went Sex Pistols. She territory. went Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah. But, she, uh, she's just like, I'm just gonna give birth and and be late to shows. Exactly. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I think she's been popping up here and there lately, right? But she had another bad like no show or some shit. Not I long think. Ago. I, I don't know. Yeah. You never know until like you sit and talk to someone what the deal is. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know, you know, maybe she's going through personal things. Maybe it's one of those things where she feels like, uh, maybe it's a self-esteem thing. Maybe it's a mental thing where it's like, okay. She's on some like Chappelle shit when he fucking quit the show. Like, yeah. she's just like, whatever happened? Like what? And then Chappelle ended up coming back like on fire. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she'll come back like way muscular. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I still don't like muscular Dave. I like Me him neither. better like a yeah. skinny motherfucker. It's like fucking carrot top. You don't look, you're not as funny when you're in good shape. No, when you're muscular telling jokes that you used to tell, it's like you're like, damn, you're like, you're almost intimidating. You got to be skinny, regular guy yeah. or fat. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you can't like look good. No. no. You, can't, you can't be a millionaire and have shoulders. No one wants to laugh at you. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck this guy. Fuck this dude. Um. So going down the list here. Uh. So this was a little tough. Um. Arctic Monkeys, uh, their debut album. Now, later on, they put out a record called AM, which was really good, mm-hmm. but nothing beat the first record um, So from beginning to end. I couldn't believe it. it, it once again, back in the day of, of magazines, uh, you know, I would read a lot about this band and the day that I bought the actual CD and I listened to it. You know, I would listen to the first song. I'm like, oh, that's really good. Second song. I'm like, wow, that's really good. Third song. I'm like, wow, this is fucking catchy Mm -hmm. and really well written and they were like young kids and then by the time i got to the last song like every song on the album was not only good it was like exceptionally good still one of the best debut albums i've ever heard in my life really so good i don't know them either really yeah yo it's fucking just catchy catchy uh, very garage rockish on, on on this. Like later on, they they evolved and started working with Josh Homme on some stuff. So they did have a lot of like Queens of the Stone Age type stuff later mm-hmm. on. But this debut record, super raw, and I think it, it. Some may argue, and not say it's their best record, but to me, it's the one that I could listen to from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and just be like, "Wow, this is phenomenal shit." So, wow, that's me. This is my third choice. Under the same criteria, I would say uh, the Stone Roses debut album. They never did anything. Well, some people defend the second record a little bit, but it was clearly nowhere near. It didn't have the songs. I want to be adored and and fool's gold and uh, there's just so many. Every cut on it is good, and it just exemplified that ma- that Madchester sound, um, where you know England was you know fucking with uh, you know the rave culture but they were a band too and they kind of had a foot in both camps. People would go and dance at their shows just like they were going. They they just waddled that line. Same way the Happy Mondays and there's a whole bunch of bands from that time in Spiral Carpets. Soup Dragons. All that shit. But uh, Stone Stone Roses. Shout out to Divine Things. Yeah. Stone Roses though. I Want to Be Adored is one of my favorite songs of all time by anybody. And uh, it just, it's, it's a masterful debut album and they clearly shot their wad yeah there was a great documentary about them when they got back together to uh i can't i want to say made a stone it's called okay that's on amazon when they they got back together and they did done some shows or whatnot amazon has the most random music docs i know i love it like you just sit there and some of the production value is like you and i just sitting here there's some bad you gotta wade through some shit to get this from gems like usually i find it's like you know There'll be <laughs> like a lot of hip hop documentary before, like before that Wu Tang four parter. Okay, and oh, there and was Rapper another one. Ports Tribe Called Quest. Sure, uh, the shit hip hop documentaries are like were like awful on bands. They're like they guys got together with some dudes on the block that knew them back yeah. in the day. Are like. Yo, this was this was Rizzo's barber when he was like eight <laughs> years old. I remember, like, yeah, and they're all telling the story. I'm like, I, you know. 
Raekwon worked at this bodega for five minutes or something. <laughs> they're going to talk to his boss and they're just telling stories. They don't have the right. The key is when you start realizing like, I haven't heard one song by the band this movie's yeah. about. So yeah. they didn't even get the they music could. licensing. Yeah. This is not going to be good. Yep, yeah. 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 Amazon's good for that. Like, But you, you can find some gems in the rough though on there. You got to keep just yeah. digging. Sometimes I fucking, you know, the beauty and worst part about like having so much at your at your feet. Like if I go to 2B TV, yeah. which is a really good free app. Yeah. I just was reading about that. Uh, Jerry posted. Oh, it's about it. so good. It There's so much stuff on there. Uh-huh. A lot of a lot of stuff that you've already seen. Right. So it's just a good place to keep, you know, a library. Sure. But sometimes I go there and there's so much stuff that I'm like, I can't believe they have this that I just keep swiping. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh my god, they have this. Oh my god, They're like for 30 minutes, and by the time I'm done, I'm like, I don't even want to watch anything. I'm like, all right, just making sure it's still it's there. No, it's no different when you go back to the record store back in the day, and you're flipping through the crates, and like, oh, check yeah. out. It was just fun yeah. to go through it. I'm like, like, all right, I'm... I don't have any money though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't getting shit today. Yo, you gonna buy some shit or what? <laughs> <laughs> You'll buy a cassette, so at least we can listen in the car. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so continuing with my list. Uh, Definitely the the two that I have are perfect for for my criteria, one of them being Illmatic by Nas. That was going to be my next two. Yeah. So then we might have the same top two then. Doubt it. Okay. (laughs) Because the last one don't fit the criteria for me, but go ahead. Uh, So, (laughs) man, right out of the gate, the producers on this. Uh, you know, Pete Rock to Q-Tip to Premier, yeah, everything about it. Just you know, you you see this young kid, 1994, puts out this record. Um, you know, you hear the train and the Genesis rolling by, and then New York State of Mind drops it. Yeah. To this day, Forget you know, it. uh, you put on New York State of it just sounds fresh. It does. Like you hear it and the storytelling and the shit. You just, I mean. Yeah, you, that record was so that one that tr- that track that whole album is one of the most New York yeah. like how it felt yeah right you and it put you listen to it now it takes you right back to yeah. It. yeah yeah it's fucking killer so you know, train Nazi- rides and backpacks and fucking yeah graffiti books and your fucking backpack or whatever the fuck it takes you right back there. yeah yeah uh yeah so me no and Nazi- you know what Mac. I like about it too fucking tight not there's no fucking skits on nine there. songs boom. You know, Ten. short and to the point without a filler, a, a second of filler in the bunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like records that are, that, that are 10 songs long. Yeah. I think that's a really good amount, especially now. Um, you know, if you're going to put out music, I, I think 10 is just a good number. 10 is a good number. I like the EP too. Yeah. Put out five fucking new songs, you know? Oh, yeah, for cool. sure. It's like what Mayhem Loren, <laughs> like the last thing you put out, four songs. Yeah. Bang. There you go. Yeah. Playing Dead, four songs. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> All right, so we so you took my new Illmatic. So, so I'm I'm off the criteria now. I'm out of the criteria. All right. Um, so I'm just gonna mention <clears throat> a killer. Uh, like I said, I le- I left off some obvious ones. Uh, uh, Pretty Hate Machine, the first Ramones, Kill 'Em All, and stuff like that. So, uh, I am gonna mention my next one. I'm gonna give it to. Uh, this is a combination. Possessed Seven Churches and Death Scream Bloody Gore. And the reason I grouped them together is because there's always an argument on sure. 
which one was the first death metal record. It's irrelevant because yeah. they both came out very much around the similar time. But as far as the impact and uh, of what they had on extreme genres and pushing the envelope, and uh, they were something I had never heard before in uh, when I got both those. I still have those records at home. It just took things to a next level, lyrically gory into the horror wheelhouse and uh their their influence on where especially on years later not even just immediately but a lot of the extreme bands and how popular you know like black metal got which is a weird thing to say but uh and death metal it's just the impact that they had were were outstanding because they they straddled the line of death of black of thrash of, of of everything i think it was next level so, like I said, that didn't meet my criteria. Of the, yeah. They both did, Death went on to some amazing progressive work and shit. Possessed had a short career. Yeah. But uh, I had to give him some love. For sure. Um, so the last uh, debut album on my list, obviously, is going to be Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, arguably the greatest debut album of all time. You could have that discussion for sure. Yep. Um, and boy, like, as fast as they, you know, jumped up in, into the stars, they disintegrated. They weren't yeah. meant to built to last. <laughs> they were not you know, built to not last. Not living like that. Yeah, they yeah. were just. They went up like a like a like, like a fucking bomb. That's it. <laughs> you know, twelve songs. Uh, everything about it. You know, maybe anything goes is always like kind of like the one that's like, all right, this is all right. You know, that's the weakest of the batch, and that's not. It's not a weak Meaning song. Meaning it's a bad song. Yeah. It's just comparatively to some just to everything massive else. anthems that yeah, they yeah. had, you know? Yep. Um, and, you know, that's it. Like, when you think of debut albums that, you know, bands that shot their fucking load early, that is the poster child. Um, it's, it's both the criteria of, like, greatest uh, debut record and one that just, you know, <laughs> said everything that they had to say mm-hmm. right right off the bat. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I got to shout out Van Halen one because that was a game changer. Not that I was like you know remember it coming out. I'm not that old, you <laughs> know. But uh, as far as the the total package of the front man and the guitar was everybody proficient at their instrument. The songs are there, and nobody quite sounded like nobody wrapped it all up in that kind of a package like they did. They were shot out of a cannon when they came out, so I had to give that some love. Yeah, it's amazing how I just never got into Van Halen. I just like the first six, but that, that's still a good run. Yeah, you know they were responsible for me falling in love with music. Yeah, online, you know, and uh, I wanted to play like Eddie and talk like Dave when yeah. I was a little kid. You know, uh, un- <laughs> definitely not now. You don't want to talk. I like don't want to talk like Dave now. <laughs> I wanted to talk like Dave. I wanted to have that kind of rap. Yeah. That kind of confidence when I fucking swag it in. Because that motherfucker's all confidence. Yeah. He walks in a room and it's like, hey, for better or for worse. Package first. (laughs) But yeah, no, not now. Yeah, not now. Not now. I actually had to, you know, unclick follow on his podcast because- on spotify you know you follow certain ones yeah too many episodes coming out trying to keep track of them I'm like oh really i love dave but i'm like i because you know dave getting interviewed by joe rogan that was a trip but at least somebody's steering the ship not really 
Yeah. I mean, maybe. Have you ever listened to Dave talk no. by himself no. with nobody reining it in? <laughs> I imagine can't, that. I can't even imagine. Imagine because that. On Rogan. It's unlistenable. <laughs> like when, when I saw the name pop up, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this. And yeah. he, like, it's like listening to like a verbal three card Monty. You're like, wait, what? Where are we now? And you're just, he's just like talking. It's like, yeah, man, you know, sometimes that's just the way the lamp crackles. And yeah, sometimes you, you know, in life, you just like climb out a window and you land on your left foot and you're like, ah! and you're just like, what the fuck <laughs> is know, he talking about? It, it, there's such a, like a bizarre rhythm. And sometimes he comes out with some jewels. Like, sometimes you do. Like, he walks this line of like highbrow fucking intelligence in there but he's also got his other foot has been in the gutter yeah partying and doing blow in the butt you know on the off the floor probably in the rainbow but then going to be an emt then going to amazon to like you know go through the jungles of the amazon like fascinating for sure but a tough i get for you know like the van halen brothers perspective like i can't be in a band with this fucking guy and can you imagine being locked in a room with that dude all the time no <laughs> oh, definitely no. not so i get it yeah especially since the van halen brothers seem very irritable so yeah yeah not a good match but you know all right van halen one that's yeah. it yeah Yep. um i think we covered everything that we're gonna cover said it all <laughs> we said it all <laughs> Um, I yeah, guess- but at least we wanted to get one under our belt. We got stuff planned. We got uh, the show you talked about earlier. The Van Saders, the Star Wars thing, and then... The elusive Jeffro Fab. Yeah. He'll be back in. We'll be checking in with him from Black Label. Um, and a bunch of stuff. Probably going to try to get some phone interviews in this year with some other people outside the Long Island area. And, yeah, uh, basically just to continue uh, talking shit, talking shit about stuff we like. Exactly. Yeah, um, we wade through all the shit too to, to recommend stuff, so you people don't have to. We do the hard work, so yeah. you don't have to. We watch the lighthouse, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Cool. All right, that's it. All right. Peace.